marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Of research at the Said Business School. I'm Jane Bloomfield. I'm Head of Business Development at Cantor. On today's podcast, we're talking about sustainability, particularly in the fashion industry, and thinking about some some business models, basically, that might make that industry more sustainable. And we're um, pleased to have Ashita Cabra, who is the founder and CEO of Rotation, which is a company working in the sustainable fashion space. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. So maybe we can just kick off with you telling us a little bit about, I, I think your background is really interesting as well, but also, of course, by rotation. Sure. So my name is Ishita Cabra, and I'm the founder of By Rotation. By Rotation is UK's first fashion rental app, and it's also peer-to-peer, which means we have lenders and renters on the app. Uh, we're essentially connecting people so that they can rotate their wardrobe at their fingertips, enabling a more circular fashion system. I founded the company in April 2019, so just under a year, and I was doing this as a side hustle while working in investment management. I know, completely unrelated. (laughs) They're quite different. (laughs) And um, I made the plunge in October 2019 when our app launched, uh, which was also covered by the business of fashion. And we've got about 10,000 users now, uh, and we're seeing rotations, as we call it, every day. And we've got a great community, which also meets up in person across the UK. We're kind of taking the rent the runway sort of model a step further by not having any inventory or any kind of dry cleaning, because that's what what rent the runway is known as, Um, you know, the world's (laughs) largest dry cleaning facilities. Uh, <laughs> which, is, which is not quite sustainable in exactly. uh, the truest mm-hmm. form. Yes. Yeah, and we also do away with the inventory side since we don't hold anything because it belongs to people in, and sits in their wardrobes. And that's essentially how we're building a much more circular fashion system. Mm. And how did that come about? So you mentioned that you were working in a completely different field. 
did you wake up one morning and think goodness fancy a little bit of a change or is it something that you felt that you saw other people doing or something you're obviously passionate and interested in yourself what really was the kind of driving force that made you think I'm gonna start a little side hustle which obviously as you see has now turned into a big full-time hustle yeah, it sounds like a first world problem, and it is the truth. Um, I was planning my honeymoon, and this was in November 2018, and I was planning on a spreadsheet, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, thinking about all the cities I'd visit when I go back to my motherland, Rajasthan, because uh, I wanted to show my husband where I grew you know, yeah. where I was born. And, um, you know, so we had like a list of places we'd go to, like a list of, you know, restaurants to eat at. And I also started thinking of the outfits I wanted to wear because mm. in today's age of outfit of the day, everyone wants to get that amazing photo, you know, when they're on <laughs> yeah, holiday. Yeah. So that was how I started thinking about there are a lot of people on Instagram who tend to wear clothes only once and uh, you never see those clothes ever again. Mm. And I start thinking, where are these clothes going? And if I'd yeah. like access to such beautiful clothes, does that mean that I need to, you know, buy these clothes and never wear them again either and they're often mm. quite expensive so I started thinking about fashion rental and I've got an older sister who lives in New York and she's a big subscriber of Rent the Runway so I had trialed that when I had visited New York as well uh, a couple of times and I wanted to take it a step further because I noticed that when you went to the um, the Rent the Runway drop-off and collection stores they were essentially you know, devoid of any human interaction whatsoever, which seemed amazing from a technological uh, perspective. But I thought about how everyone in there was just looking for a cheaper way to dress in designer clothes. And I wanted to make it much more emotional and personal and mm. therefore have a community-based business. And that's where um, I thought of the idea of bi-rotation. I hadn't come up with a name, you know, we were thinking of the name and we came up with names such as the communist closet. And <laughs> slightly different take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Different um, positioning of the brand yeah. there. Yeah, with the PETA-like campaigns, you know, uh, uh -huh. free the yeah. Fendi, yeah. you know, Manolo's for the masses, all of that. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's, that's how the idea came on board. And I think when I was on my honeymoon in February last year, I noticed how much textile waste there was back where we yes. went mm -hmm. in Rajasthan. And I just kind of felt guilty because I was part of the problem when I was trying to plan my outfits as well. Hmm. Well, there's a need there, isn't there? And a kind of human desire of, of you want to wear nice things, you know, especially on holidays, as you mentioned, sort of that Instagram hmm. sort of look that, that well, people it's, want it's to funny. have. It, it's also something about newness. Um, you know, I've got a puppy and, and he loves it when I bring him new toys. It's, it's just, we, we just like new things. And maybe something that's, something that belongs to someone can still be new to you. Yeah. No, no, I think that's that's exactly it. And how are you positioning the service then that, that you're providing versus some of the big sort of established high street stores, I guess? You know, you've talked a little bit about renting the runway. So there's a you know discernible difference between what you're doing and some of the other perhaps rental services. How are you sort of beginning to look at some of the big you know, uh, fast fashion retailers and, and, and think about how do you how do you tackle some of that? We definitely think that we can disrupt the fast fashion industry. We've created an app which essentially, you know, you can access at your fingertips. There's no subscription costs. There's no waiting lists. Um, it's available on both the App Store and also Google Play. 
So we've ensured that anyone has access to it, you know, and it's open to males and females. So it differs from a lot of rental, yeah. fashion rental services, which are very women led. So actually, you know, anyone who's thinking about Moss Brothers, that's an entire ecosystem that's waiting to be disrupted, we feel. But in terms of how we're kind of positioning ourselves um, to go against fast fashion, we're offering mid to high end fashion which is at a fraction of the retail price. So often about three to 5% of mid to luxury brands such as Reformation or I don't know, Dolce Gabbana. And the, these price points can actually be very competitive compared to buying, say, I don't know, a 50, 60 pound dress from the high street. So we do feel that, you know, a lot of people do whim-filled shopping when they're on the high street, you know, on payday or for the weekend or when they're not feeling that great. I think it was um, Lauren who recently wrote a, in her book, um, How to Break Out with Fast Fashion, and how she talked about Lauren Bravo, that's it. Yeah. She spoke about how she would sort of, you know, uh, make herself feel better by just going shopping. And I've had those days as well, where I thought, you know, to fill the void, I'd just go <laughs> shopping. And uh, yeah, it's something that we do, do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're trying to convince people that instead of going to the high street and buying new things that you'd probably wear once or twice and then end up throwing into the landfills, because when you do donate them, about 90% of these items do get thrown back yeah, into yeah. the landfills. I mean, and I borrow. think that's a really interesting statistic that I, a lot of people still don't realise. They think when they're recycling something... or They've done something great. They've done something good. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of trying to think about this from a... So the peer-to-peer model, which is which is important, I think, and obviously key to your business. But what's motivating your, your customers? So part of it, I guess, is sort of a lower cost per wear, to kind of call it a metric, compared to just buying something. But what else is motivating them? Like how high up in their sort of list of motivators is, is sustainability or is it variety seeking? Is it novelty? What's your experience with your community? So obviously we have four months of data points only, but I think from what we've seen objectively and also from the subjective quotes that we receive, you know, the stories that we receive from our rotators, as we call them, <laughs> You know, the first and foremost reason is definitely cost effectiveness, which I, I would also agree with. You know, it kind of just makes more sense to to borrow something than to buy the entire thing or to buy a knockoff, you know, just because you want to look new for one photo or for one event. And the second thing is them being guided by a more conscious lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's when sustainability comes into play. I'm not sure if we're there yet um, where, you know, the mainstream audience is actively thinking about sustainability as yet. I do think that the momentum is getting louder. Um, yeah, because actually I think there's interesting report that, that Kantar has on shoppers' attitudes to sustainability in fashion where they're basically saying 42% of consumers agree that they have a responsibility for minimizing the fashion industry's impact on the environment. But that's 42%. So there's 58% that are... I'm not thinking not about sure. that. Yeah. So so I guess how do we bring more people into this recognition, I suppose, of this is a category of purchasing as well where they can make a difference from a sustainability standpoint? Mm. How do we bring the rest of the crowd on board, so to speak? I think that's where actually making it cost effective, um, you know, what we offer by rotation, making it, you know, no waiting list, no subscription fees pricing everything per day and giving the lenders the complete flexibility to charge as they want and therefore based on you know the laws of demand and supply you know they would set a price such that people would actually want to rent from them rather than too high prices 
So I think that's a way of really including people in and thinking that it is something that, you know, is accessible to me. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times sustainable fashion or, or well, even thinking about, you know, doing charity work, whether it's your time or money, that's kind of a luxury for a lot of people. Not everyone can afford that. Mm-hmm. And sustainable fashion brands can be pretty expensive. Just thinking about the ones that come to mind, you know, whether it's Reformation, which is mid-level, to top tier Stella McCartney or mm-hmm. Mother of Pearl. The, these are still pretty expensive price points to begin with. So I think that's one way to really include people who would be shopping on the high street and looking for bargains. And the second way to do it, which I'm not sure, I think some people maybe don't agree with this, but I am actually supportive of the uh, larger retailers coming up with their own sustainable collections and lines. I know that that sometimes sort of maybe takes it away from the other smaller brands who've always been you know, concerned and cared about sustainable mm-hmm. and slow fashion. But I think it's a good way to get the mainstream audience to be more aware because otherwise we're just in an echo chamber. I I think your point on how you get those bigger brands involved in the conversation is really important because actually they will help champion the cause if you like and, Mm -hmm. and as you say reach that sort of mass market group. Because I guess part of your challenge might be around how do you convey that message broadly? and to a huge number of people Mm -hmm. as you mentioned kind of you get to that payday point in the month people are you know shopping it's a huge industry Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and how can you help champion that cause more broadly how do you reach people sort of you know in terms of your marketing Mm -hmm. advertising you know what sort of channels are you using to spread the message yeah so we're a very lean startup as I mentioned, we um, launched, well, we were founded in April and then our product, which is the app, launched in October. I'm the only full-time employee. So the way that we've used it, I think the marketing channels, we mostly use digital media and that's um, Instagram, you know, email news campaigns, whether it's Facebook ads, uh, Google ads. So it's kind of the usual digital media. We've actually also found using influencers to be quite useful for us, which I know can be surprising with quite a few uh, news outlets saying that, you know, it's not really working for brands anymore. But I see that being because we're not just another new fashion brand. We're not just another handbag or clothing or, you know, makeup brand. We're an app, which is a bit weird. It's it's esoteric. You know, people are, are kind of it's new and and that kind of you know gets people's attention so that's been quite useful for us yeah most of our marketing and i know everyone uses this word most of our growth has come from organic growth word of mouth we do a lot of community events community and sustainability are our core values so we try and get people so our actual users rather than prominent celebrities or influencers together because we actually want to reward the ones who are actually transacting with us and really care about the community. That's always been very important to me because I've seen it from the other side as a consumer. When I buy brands, I've I've often found that I wasn't getting the representation that I wanted, you know, whether it's just sort of an aesthetic uh, representation, but also, you know, my background. I was not really feeling like there was enough representation for the regular customer. So that's what I've wanted to do with Birotation and we've been very successful so far mm-hmm. with our community-based approach. The the representation point you make is really interesting. You know, often when you go on websites for a lot of retailers, you know, you're you're sort of confronted with a very, very similar image. Mm-hmm. And as you say, people can look at that and say, actually, that doesn't represent me. So by the sounds of it, then, the service you're offering 
you know, can cater for a whole variety of diverse representations, people, shapes, sizes. Socioeconomic, yeah. yeah, genders, yeah. And how do you go about sort of, I, I don't know, how, how do you find your rotators? How do you bring them into the family? I guess that, that again comes from the uh, digital media channels that we're using. I mean, it's, it's from small things like when we first set up, we went to a local summer fair you know, and got a free stall. And we, you know, we, we just put a board up and asked mm. for people's signatures. It was very grassroots. And then, you know, those people would let their friends and family know. So it has been kind of viral that mm. way. And we're very big on expanding to other cities as well, because I think the danger with peer-to-peer models is that sometimes they can be very, um, they can only exist in a particular city because you need a lot of manpower. But we're trying to make sure that we have sort of an ambassador program in different cities across the UK And eventually when we expand internationally as well. So kind of like the Tupperware party effect, Mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. So where do you see this this model, this peer-to-peer model heading? So I think there's there's plenty of growth opportunity for this model in in fashion. And we've seen this model in in other industries too, Mm -hmm. right? With people sharing cars and and things like that. But where where else? Like what else could be disrupted, I suppose, to to kind of use a term that we maybe use too much with peer-to-peer? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Well, um, so with by rotation... The way that I've always thought about it is that if it doesn't work out in fashion for us, it could work out with any other industry as well. Uh, Our main thing is that we are a tech company. We've built a platform where we connect lenders and renters. So uh, with that being said, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I suppose, you know, we've seen other sharing platforms such as Borrow My Doggy, where people can sort of pay for an annual subscription and and borrow someone's dog for a walk. I'm not sure how that has been monetized besides the £10 subscription fee. I'm sure there are many other ways to get more money out of that as well. And uh, I guess ski, renting skis. That's rent- true. That's good. Do you yeah. know, I... I am but I suppose lo- you have stores. Well, I'm on a local WhatsApp group and literally that is effectively peer-to-peer lending. That's yeah. what people do. They put on, has anyone got a ski jacket? Yeah. yeah, we've got a set of skis. We have you them on by rotation. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, have, we have them on. We have a ski edit. <laughs> we do actually. Golf clubs, I don't know, for golfers. Yeah. Uh, for what I understood, there's also uh, a peer to peer watch, luxury mm-hmm. watch Case. sharing yeah. platform. Yeah. So you mentioned that effectively it's based on clever technology. So that's what's enabling this. You don't come from a tech background. How did you kind of go, oh, I can go off and, and, and invent some technology or get some technology to do this? How, how do you start that? 
Well, okay, strictly speaking, I don't come from a tech background, but I used to web design since I was 11 years old. So I've got that sort of, I say, I guess, eye for design. And I also understand code. And I also understand the UX design. So I know what I want as a user, but also what can be implemented on the back end. So I'm reasonable. Let's just put it that way. I think you sound more than reasonable. Uh, I'm going to say I yeah. can't do any of those Expert, things. Expert, I think, is, yeah. is a better term. But uh, I've been lucky in that my husband, who is not allowed to be the face of the company because he still works full time, he's actually, <laughs> he's a trained computer scientist. And I think we've been lucky in the fact that um, a lot of times fashion and technology don't seem to be speaking the same languages but we've kind of got it under one house, which is great. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So that's that a- is a great combination, which gives you a genuine understanding of, mm-hmm. of how things work at the back yeah. end, but also what consumers want at the front end. It, yeah, and it's very interesting because with the app, now that it's a platform, we can actually see what people want on both sides. So it's really a lot of data that we're harnessing just from having this platform of 10,000 users already. So it'll be very interesting to see what else we can find out when, when, as we continue to grow. So you're going to use that data in, you know, to inform future strategies. Exactly. Well, you know, things like so a lot of fashion is about curation. So you know, we've got a home screen where we have different edits, like the ski edit or a cupid edit edit for Valentine's Day, or say a Halloween edit for Halloween time, and we'd kind of see what kind of brands people like. You know, how many times they view Mm. something how many times they're thinking of renting but don't go through with it and kind of, I guess, nudge them (laughs) towards it. Yeah. I think you probably will start to, as it scales, to pick up on trends. Mm -hmm. Because I'm also guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I suspect your your customer, I was going to say user, but let's call them customers, Mm -hmm. is probably a little bit more fashion forward, savvy, and very sort of highly involved in that category. Mm -hmm. So if you start to detect trends emerging, that's probably good intelligence that that you can think about for your platform, but maybe there are other other Mm -hmm. uses of that intelligence too. I wanted to come back though to thinking about your your customers and this community, because I think that's that sounds like a really important part of the brand that you're building and, and, and sort of the values is that it's not just about a peer-to-peer tech platform, mm-hmm. but rather the people behind it who mm-hmm. are on both sides of that that two-sided market. And so what? So you said you have events and you bring people together, but what, what are some other things that maybe you've been doing that really grows that community? Because I think it's a real asset mm-hmm. for, for a business to have and, and not all businesses have that. So on the app, you know, everyone has a profile where users can follow each other. Therefore, you kind of find someone who has the same style as you, the same size as you, and you get notified each time they essentially go shopping or add something Mm. to their wardrobe. And that's very interesting because that kind of engages people more and get them back on the app because you get notifications. And the other thing that we are currently doing is gamifying the app so that users are motivated to come back more often and rent more essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's how the community kind of grows because you build your user reviews and your ratings. And do you find that there is a certain type of demographic? So, you know, even age-wise, do you think at the moment it's skewing younger, older? Because essentially sustainable fashion should be for everyone. So I'm curious to know, do you see a bias towards sort of certain groups at the moment and where that might go in the future? At the moment, because most of our marketing and most of our customer acquisition is occurring through Instagram, it's, I would say, on average, it's the um, late 20s, early 30s female who's 
who's working in a metropolitan city, whether it's London, Manchester, Birmingham or Edinburgh. Mm. But equally, we see, you know, different spikes when I guess when we've done some marketing around pregnancy wear or like a student sort of renting something for their graduation, we see kind of different spikes of people of different communities coming and joining. I think it'll be interesting to see what will happen in the next few months. So maybe, you know, by next year, we'll probably know who is our real customer. But for me, that sounds about right, because I did build this app for myself. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we're seeing at the moment. I think what might be really interesting and and something that you guys would hopefully know more on in the next 12 months is this sort of older age group. Do you know, we did did some research at Canter that was looking at who was consuming more meat-free meals. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, somewhat surprisingly, it was an older demographic, sort of 55 plus, who, uh, you know, we have an aging population, they have more disposable income, so I'm possibly giving you a small plug, uh, you know, for for who to target next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is that, yeah, older? Well, it's, it's definitely interesting because some of our lenders tend to be a bit older. And, uh, you know, they'll have collections of, you know, great handbags or dresses that they just don't wear anymore. So it kind of, even the lender and the renter profile can be quite different. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have some who do both, who completely rotate their wardrobes. And do you have people who just lend, they don't borrow? Do you tend to find everybody does a little bit of everything? There's definitely some people who just lend and they're just sort of uh, more interested in, you know, the side income. And then there are some, like myself, who do both ends, obviously. And I love that I can share my wardrobe and also have some pieces from someone else's for for some time to experiment with my own style. And there, I would say there's definitely more renters, which is, like, which is great news for us mm. because there's more demand you mentioned a couple of the high street stores who are dipping a toe in the water, if you like, and sustainable ranges. Do you think they need to do more of that? Do you think that's, that there's actually more pressure on them now to, to begin to evolve those ranges? Yeah, definitely. I think there, there are a few large ones that are making big efforts in having more marketing and also producing newer types of fabrics that are more sustainable uh, and have sort of longer lifespans. I think that they're going in the right direction. I'm just not sure if some of them who have made promises that, you know, they'll have completely sustainable ranges by 2025 will actually achieve that. I'm just, I'm I'm not completely sold on that. I definitely think that it's much more sustainable to use something that you already have or something that someone else already Mm -hmm. has. I know that there are some brands that are actually dipping into um, renting themselves whether that's Gunny, which is kind of a, a Scandi cult label, or even Vince. There are a lot of them that are beginning to experiment and try it themselves. And I think that's actually great because you build a lot of brand loyalty, a customer loyalty that way as well, because you're essentially making people always wear your brand at all mm-hmm. times. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, what do you think is driving that? Do you think that is customer sort of pressure? Or do you think it is a feeling that these brands are thinking, actually, I need to I need to join this conversation properly? I personally, and maybe this is just a gut feeling, I mm. think that they just don't want to be left behind and they want they want to try it out and see if it works. You know, they have not they don't have much to lose. They have much more capital than say a startup such as us. And they already have um, their old all, all seasons and they also have their new seasons. So it's very easy for them to experiment. If I were a brand that had a loyal customer following that bought my new pieces every season, because they do still produce things about three, four times a year, 
I would actually probably get people to subscribe as a as a member and you know get them to pay me a monthly fee because that would actually be really useful for the brand itself. So sort of maybe as a as a final question if we think about the fashion industry or sort of fashion and apparel massive carbon footprint and a lot needs to change and I think we've talked a lot about some of the sort of more grassrootsy type things as well as sort of things that big retailers should do but you know in sort of the next few years what would you suggest that we need to, as consumers, putting that sort of hat on, we all need to be more mindful of with respect to how we can use clothing, I suppose, more more sustainably? If if people were to do sort of one thing, what might that be to be most effective? Just one thing? Oh, okay. Or two, if you want. I'll give you two. The one but... thing is definitely going to be rental. You, yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm I, very biased. I figured you'd say that. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that we're going to be in this world where we never buy new clothing ever again i do think that we can upcycle more so there are quite a few brands that are sort of using their old you know donated clothes or recycled clothes and making new collections out of them i think that's interesting Mm. and you know i'd I'd love to sort of support more brands like this i think there's one that i've come across called felden falden which uses coffee cups and creates luxury handbags which can be folded for nightwear all the way to daywear to put your laptop into them i mean that's really interesting Mm. Uh, made in the UK, you know, everything is done here. So I think we can definitely support brands that are producing things more locally, ethically and sustainably. You've been listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit Kantar.com or OxfordFutureOfMarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.